0: The Purple Rocket Podcast presents, Life. Episode 30, Nestor the Pestering Pumpkin. Hugo loved Halloween. His birthday aside, it was by far his favorite holiday. But he didn't love it for the usual reasons, the spooky decorations or even the candy. Hugo didn't even like candy. He loved Halloween because it was the time of year he got to show off his best pranking skills. Hugo prided himself on his ability to pull off elaborate pranks. He'd been doing it for as long as he could remember. When Heather Basha shouted out his low test score during class, he snuck into her backyard and filled her pool with catfish he'd caught in the canal. When his school was having a fundraising assembly, he climbed up into the rafters, opened a ceiling tile, and threw water balloons down at the kids and teachers. He got expelled for that one. Even so, he was proud of his handiwork. It wasn't that he loved getting into trouble, he was just obsessed with the thrill of surprise. Could he have spent that energy throwing people surprise parties? Yeah, he could have. He could have done nice surprises, but those didn't sound as fun and they weren't the ideas that naturally came to him. Pranks had become part of everyday thought. He couldn't look at anything anymore without thinking of a way to turn it into a practical joke. When he saw someone mopping the floor, he'd imagine wiping Vaseline all over it so people would slip and fall. When he saw a big box delivered to his doorstep, he'd imagine hiding in it and jumping out when his little brother tried to open it. That one he'd actually done a few times. To Hugo, the whole world was full of suckers waiting to get pranked. And that is what made Halloween the perfect Hugo holiday. Last year, he strung so many fake cobwebs across the Henderson's front door that they couldn't walk out of it. The year before that, he put a real snake in their candy bowl, sending little trick-or-treaters squealing. And a few years ago, he teepeed every house on the block, covering every inch of every yard in toilet paper, and then left a note that said, The Attack of the Mummies. This year... (laughs) (laughs) this year was going to be the granddaddy of all pranks. Hugo and his friends were going to smash all the jack-o'-lanterns in the neighborhood. After all, the pumpkins were practically begging to be flattened. As for their slimy insides, they planned on throwing them all over the place, spelling words like BOO on the driveway, or hanging them from tree branches like creepy Spanish moss. Hugo's mother was not oblivious to this ferocious appetite for mean jokes. She planned to keep him inside during Halloween this year. She was sick and tired of getting calls from neighbors telling her what a rotten kid she had. In an attempt to change her son's heart, she instead took her boys to the Musso pumpkin patch at the other end of town. I don't want to go to a lame pumpkin patch, Hugo protested. There's nothing to do at the farm. It's boring and smells like cow poop. Cow poop, his toddler brother Eli giggled. Too bad, his mother replied, putting on her sweater and grabbing the keys. You're coming. Hugo groaned all the way to the car. He plopped down next to his excited little brother. I'm going to pick the biggest pumpkin, Eli said, bouncing up and down in his car seat. Mom, can we live in a pumpkin? His mom laughed. I'm afraid they don't grow pumpkins big enough. But I did hear they're going to have hayrides. Hayrides? Little Eli looked like he was going to explode from excitement. I love hayrides! His big round glasses made his eyes look enormous. Hugo leaned his head against the car window and sarcastically breathed. Yay. The drive to the Musso farm was lovely. Not that Hugo noticed. Trying to lighten the mood, his mom kept pointing out the beautiful yellow and orange leaves along the road, some of which formed brilliant tunnels of color for them to drive through. As they drove, the houses started becoming few and far between. That's when Hugo knew they'd reached the farms. He looked out at open hills, dotted with little white farmhouses, red barns, grazing horses, and trees so yellow they looked like they were on fire. Hugo's mom sighed when she saw them. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Oh, I love this time of year. She turned the car onto a dirt road. We're here. We're here, Eli screeched. I'm going to live in a pumpkin. How long are we staying? Hugo groaned. As long as it takes you to change your attitude, his mom replied. Hugo smiled his biggest, fakest smile. Can we go now? Ha ha, his mom said dully. She pulled the car into the dirt lot and they all hopped out. Hugo would never say it out loud, but the Musso farm was incredibly beautiful. The whole place was decked out for fall. There were wagons full of amazing stacked pumpkins, little pumpkins, big pumpkins, green, orange, and pink pumpkins. A bunch of little green ones were arranged to spell the words Musso Farm right next to the arched entrance gate. There were smiling scarecrows made of straw sitting in wheelbarrows and posed to look like they were waving. There were kids trying to eat donuts hanging from string tied to an apple tree branch. With their hands behind their backs, they looked hilarious, chomping up at the dangling donuts. There was a stand where Mrs. Musso sold her famous homemade pies, Pumpkin, apple crisp, and rhubarb. Next to her table was a big slide cascading down a pile of hay bales. Kids raced down it, laughing, tumbling, and sometimes biffing it. Some of them jumped up and ran into the corn maze. There was even a wooden stage decorated with bulb lights where a bluegrass band played and the locals danced. Ride, Eli shouted, pointing to the big green tractor, pulling a hay wagon full of people. Okay, okay, Hugo's mom laughed. Hugo, I'm going to take your brother on the hay ride, wanna come? No. Suit yourself, we'll be back in a few. Grab some of that hot apple cider, it's the best. Eli was practically dragging his mom towards the tractor. While they climbed onto the hay wagon, Hugo grabbed a steaming cup of cider, sat down next to a pit of corn kernels where a bunch of toddlers were playing. One of the nearby moms had dove into it and was digging through the kernels like a crazy person. Binky, has anyone seen a binky? It's gotta be here somewhere. Hugo shook his head and sipped his drink. He probably could have jumped in and helped her look for it, but that didn't sound very interesting. He was quite comfortable where he was. Suddenly a voice sounded over a megaphone. Okie dokie, friends. It's time for our annual carving competition. Everyone from everywhere stopped what they were doing to cheer. Hugo turned towards the voice and saw Dan Musso, the owner of the farm. He was wearing his token flannel shirt and straw hat, standing in front of an enormous pumpkin patch, holding the megaphone. A crowd quickly gathered around him. Come on over and line up side by side in front of the pumpkin patch. Farmer Dan shouted. Remember, no running with carving tools in hand. We don't want another Bob Geely incident on our hands. Leave your tools at the picnic tables. First of all, thank you all for coming. Is everyone having a good time? There was another cheer from the crowd. Good, good. Now, for those who never participated in the carving competition, here's how it works. At the sound of the cowbell, you'll run out into the patch, pick a pumpkin, bring it back to the table, and carve it into something special. Hugo scoffed and took another sip of his cider. First person to finish carving their pumpkin gets one hundred dollars. Hugo spit his drink. One hundred dollars? He nearly tripped over himself, running over to join the others. This would be the easiest hundred bucks he'd ever made. He scanned the competition. On one side of him was a boy that was the size of a grown man, down in sprinting position, mumbling a prayer under his breath. Hugo looked to his other side and saw a cute little girl with curly hair, held up with a Halloween scrunchie. What are you looking at? She growled, popping her knuckles and glaring at him. Sheesh. Hugo shook off the insult and eyed the patch for a good pumpkin he saw a perfectly round one no more than 20 feet in front of him. Not too far, thin stem, should be an easy grab. On your marks, shouted Farmer Dan. Get set, go! The cowbell rang out, and the pumpkin patch filled with people before Hugo could even get his feet under him. By the time he finally broke into a run, all of the easy grab pumpkins were snatched up. He ran further into the field, dodging kids who were already running back, clutching and protecting their pumpkins like football players running for the end zone. A couple of kids were fighting over the same pumpkin and eventually dropped it, making it split open. On and on, Hugo ran, jumping over vines, looking for a pumpkin. But everywhere he looked, he saw nothing but bare stems. Eventually, he found himself out past the patch in the tree line by the creek. He followed the vine into the forest, where no one dared to venture. And finally, he saw it. One lone white pumpkin sitting among the yellow leaves. It was old and bumpy, definitely not a contender for a pumpkin beauty pageant, but it was all he had. Hugo quickly scooped it up and bolted back over the pumpkin patch to the picnic tables. When he got there, he fumbled for a knife and started to carve. Hey, you can't just carve a circle, he could hear a kid arguing. He's carving a circle you must carve a face farmer dan shouted over the tables pumpkin guts were flying everywhere some of it made it into the designated trash cans at the end of the table but most of it flew around like orange silly string hugo glanced over at the table across from him and saw that little glaring girl covered in it like a feral woman cleaning a wild beast hugo tried to focus on his jack-o-lantern's face his heart was pounding sounds of carving knives and squishing pumpkin guts was just noise now he was zoned in didn't look pretty but it was a face not bad farmer Dan said walking over to him looks like it's winking yeah I guess it does Hugo added his finishing touches to the mouth what's his name the farmer asked uh, I don't know Nestor Nestor I like it done Someone yelled at the table next to them. It was the boy, the size of a grown man from earlier. Farmer Dan ran over and confirmed the quality of his carve. Then he rang his cowbell. We have a winner! There was a collective groan and the sounds of pounding fists and dropping tools. Hugo looked down at his pumpkin. All he had to do was push out the mouth cutout he'd made, and he would have been done. So close. Frustrated, he grabbed his pumpkin and marched over to the trash can. Just as he was about to throw it in, a voice stopped him. Now, now, I think Nesta deserves better, don't you? Hugo turned and saw Farmer Dan standing behind him. That's a special pumpkin, boy. Look around you. How many other white pumpkins do you see? Hugo looked around. None. The farmer glanced over his shoulders before leaning in close. His tone grew serious. "'That's the only pumpkin of its kind. "'Anywhere. "'Take very good care of it, and it just might take care of you.' "'What?' "'Farmer Dan looked at him and the pumpkin for a long moment. "'You mind helping me clean up some of this mess?' Hugo looked at the pumpkin-slime-covered tables that had been all but abandoned. "I I would, but I gotta go. Farmer Dan smiled. No worries. He started cleaning up the mess himself. Take care of that pumpkin, boy. If you don't, well, let's just say it won't be a very happy Halloween. Hugo eyed his goofy, winking pumpkin, confused. The farmer's words stuck with him, repeating in his mind during the drive home. He had a hard time looking at the jack-o'-lantern because of it. His mom, on the other hand, seemed to think the pumpkin was the cutest thing she'd ever seen, which was ridiculous. The thing was hideous. One eye was closed, its smile was crooked, the triangle nose was too long and skinny, and looked like it had warts all over. Regardless, his mom insisted they put it on display on the front porch. He'd almost forgotten about it, until a week later, the day before Halloween. His mom had asked him to rake leaves in the front yard, and as he reluctantly did so, his friend Camila pulled up on her bike. "'You ready for tomorrow night?' she said, bouncing her eyebrows. Hugo smiled. "'I've got the baseball bats ready in the garage.' Camila looked at all the pumpkins in the neighborhood. "'This whole block's gonna be covered in pumpkin guts.' Hugo laughed. Those pumpkins won't even know what hit em. See you tomorrow night. See ya. Hugo went back to raking and chuckled to himself. I'm gonna smash him good. Oh, no you won't, said a deep voice. Hugo dropped his rake and looked around. There was no one there. His eyes locked on his pumpkin, Nestor. You will leave those pumpkins alone. Nestor said. His smooth pumpkin face stretched around the words. Ah, Hugo threw his rake, ran inside and locked himself in his room. When his mom knocked on the door and asked what was the matter, he wouldn't tell her. She wouldn't believe him anyway. Besides, it was probably just his imagination. He was just saying things from his heat exhaustion in the cool, crisp, fall weather that night at dinner he hardly said two words and the next day halloween he kept looking at his pumpkin every time he walked by it but it never budged it just stood there with its winking eye its crooked mouth and a candle filling it with an orange flickering light trying to put it out of his mind he readied his supplies for that night's prank he tucked a bat into his bag and hid it in his room his mom had prepared an early dinner empanadas and for dessert, homemade churros con chocolate. It was delicious, although Hugo could hardly eat. He was too anxious and excited about his plans. Why don't you go take some of these churros to Faye next door, his mom told him. Do I have to? Yes, go. I'm taking your brother trick-or-treating before it gets too dark and he starts saying he has to pee three million times. She took Eli's hand. Sorry, mi amor, but it's true. Eli didn't seem to care. He was too preoccupied with licking chocolate off his fingers. Gobs of it somehow wound up on his glasses and dripped down onto his T-Rex costume. Hugo? His mom looked up at him. You're staying in tonight. No mischief. Promise me. I promise. Look at me. If you so much as jump out of a bush and scare some poor kid, you're grounded for all future Halloweens. You can dress up and we'll share candy with you. But tonight you're staying in and handing out treats. I know, Mom. Hugo's mom cleaned up Eli, and after taking a bunch of pictures, they left to go trick-or-treating. Hugo waited for them to get a ways down the road before putting on his robber costume and sneaking out the door. He left the plate of churros for Faye on the kitchen table and instead grabbed his candy bag and the baseball bats. And then hopped on his bike. As he rode away from the house, he heard a voice call from the porch. No mischief. The deep voice made him jump. He didn't dare look back. Was he losing it? He lowered his head and pedaled faster. Like a giant pumpkin, the sun set behind the mountains, filling the sky with a vibrant orange. As if that were the signal, kids poured out of houses, dressed in their costumes, and started knocking on doors. The sounds of trick-or-treats echoed through the neighborhood. Hugo grinned a mischievous grin. Wait till they come home to a pumpkin crime scene. Hugo rode his bike to the park at the end of the neighborhood and met up with his friends Camila, Jake, and Mose. He tossed them each a baseball bat. We'll start with the Cleasons. As he talked through the plan, Hugo could tell his friends were getting nervous. They were looking to him as the leader of their shenanigans. That didn't bother Hugo. Mischief was what he did best. This was his moment to shine. He was more excited than nervous. So excited that he volunteered to smash the first pumpkin of the night. Once a little group of trick-or-treaters had left the Cleason's house, Hugo crept up to the pumpkin sitting on the porch, raised his bat high, and froze. A familiar white face was looking up at him. Nestor, he whispered. How did you... His winking pumpkin smiled at him and said, Boo! Blah! Hugo stumbled down the driveway back to his friends. What happened? Jake asked. Camila folded her arms. Why aren't you covered in pumpkin guts? Hugo looked back at the jack-o'-lantern on the porch that now sat motionless. My my pumpkin, it's somehow... Oh, come on, Camila said. You can't chicken out on us now. This was your idea. Hugo gathered himself. You're right. Why don't you come with me on the next one? Fine, so long as you don't squeal like a baby when we get to the porch. Hugo and Camila walked to the next house and ducked behind a bush. Checking to make sure the coast was clear, they ran up to the porch with their bats. There were a few pumpkins at this house. I'll take the one on the left, Camilla whispered. You smash the other two. Ready? Hugo nodded nervously. They both raised their bats, but just as they were about to bring them down, Hugo noticed a familiar face in the bushes. An ominous orange light illuminated a winking eye and a crooked smile. It was Nestor. Don't do it, Nestor barked. Camilla and Hugo jumped back. Camilla slugged Hugo's arm. What the heck? Why don't you want me to do it? That that wasn't me, Hugo stuttered. Hugo, I just heard you tell me not to do it. Hugo looked into the bushes where Nestor was hidden, but the lit face had vanished. You don't understand. My pumpkin, it's... I, I can't. He turned and ran back down to the sidewalk. Camilla shook her head and followed. "'What's the hold-up?' Moe said, stomping towards them in his Frankenstein costume. "'We've been waiting for like five minutes,' added Jake, who was dressed like a Jedi. "'Hugo chickened out,' Camila told them. "'Let's just call it a night,' Hugo said sheepishly, glancing around for any sign of his pumpkin. "'It's a little too late for that,' Camila argued. "'We've already missed out on prime trick-or-treating time to change our minds.' For the last month, I've been crashing birthday parties just to smash piñatas in preparation for this. That's dedication, Jake noted. That's kind of messed up, Mose added. And this isn't, Camila shot back, her fake vampire fangs falling out of her mouth as she spoke. Mose winced. Look, Camila grabbed their shoulders. We'll do it together. Once we all smash some at the same time, we'll be more comfortable spreading out. Mose and Jake agreed, but they had to practically drag Hugo up to the next house. As if they were meant to team up, there were four perfect jack-o'-lanterns on the porch waiting for them. One of them was small and had adorable eyelashes. Hugo felt kind of bad looking at it. Some little kid must have put a lot of work into it. Okay, ready? Camilla said once they were all in position. Everyone stood ready in front of a pumpkin, bats held high. Now! The bats came down, but before they could reach the jack-o'-lanterns, the pumpkins shook until boom-spot, boom splat, boom splat. Three of them exploded, blasting pumpkin guts all over Camila, Jake, and Mose. The three kids stood, stunned, covered in orange stringy slime. Let's get out of here, Mose cried, tossing his bat and bolting. Camila and Jake followed, the three of them running for the sidewalk, grabbing their bikes, and disappearing into the night. Only Hugo remained, standing frozen on the porch, staring down at the last pumpkin, which now that he looked closer at it, was white. That same winking face slowly blinked open on its surface. "'I warned you,' Nestor said." But you still wouldn't listen. He started to shake. No, please don't explode. W- what do you want? Nestor stopped shaking. See that rake over there? Hugo looked and saw rake propped up against a tree in the front yard. Yeah? Pick it up and rake. Pick it up and rake? Hugo stopped himself when he saw that Nestor was shaking again. Okay, okay, he hopped off the porch, grabbed the rake, and started raking a pile of leaves. That's it, Nestor said in his deep voice. Don't leave any leaves behind. Scoop them up and put them in the trash. Hugo obeyed. When he returned, Nestor continued. Now clean up this pumpkin mess and write a note saying you're sorry. Tell them that you'll be buying them new pumpkins tomorrow. (sighs) Frustrated, Hugo scribbled a quick note on a candy bar wrapper and left it on the porch. Then he cleaned up the pumpkin gut remains. There, can I go now? Yes. Hugo turned to leave. Aren't you forgetting something? Nestor called after him. Hugo looked back at the clean yard, the spotless porch and the neat little note. No? A wide, crooked grin stretched across Nestor's face. You're forgetting me. Pick me up. I'm coming with you. Oh, man. Hugo went back for the white jack-o'-lantern and carried him to the sidewalk. Holding him under his arm, Hugo rode his bike back down the street. As they rode through the neighborhood, Trick-or-Treater stopped to give them strange looks. Hugo tried to ignore them. Instead, he followed the directions of his mutant pumpkin. "'Stop at that house,' Nestor ordered. Hugo brought the bike to a skidding stop in front of the Tolbert's house. It was small, dark, and had overgrown grass in the front yard. "'There's a lawn mower sitting next to the house,' Nestor said. "'Mow the lawn.' "'You've got to be kidding!' "'He felt the pumpkin shake under his arm. "'All right, I'm going!' "'He set Nestor down next to his bike "'and ran over to the mower. Twenty minutes later, the front lawn was mowed. "'It was too dark to make perfect lines, "'but it looked a lot better. "'Hurry!' Nestor called to him when he was finished. "'The night is young!' "'Taking the pumpkin under his arm, "'Hugo rode from house to house, "'following Nestor's orders,' performing acts of service. He left a nice note for the hunts. He saw a crying girl and picked up her spilled bag of candy. He even helped get the Patterson's black cat out of the tree. That one scratched him up a bit. Hugo found that the more nice things he did, the easier it was to hop off the bike and do them. All of his neighbors were shocked to see him be so helpful. Many of them sprang back at the sight of him, waiting for him to perform some elaborate prank. But instead, they were treated to a kind word and an act of service. Hugo no longer heard Nestor's instructions as threatening orders, but rather coaching. By the end of the night, they'd helped half the neighbors on the block. Hugo and Nestor rode home satisfied on the now empty streets. There was one last thing to do. And this time, Nestor didn't have to tell him to do it. Hugo grabbed the plate of churros he'd left on his kitchen table and ran them over to his neighbor, Faye. Oh, hi, Hugo, the older woman said as she opened the door. I was expecting it to be one of those ding-dang doorbell ditchers. They always get me on Halloween. Hugo handed her the plate of churros. We just wanted to share some churros we made tonight. Faye looked down at the plate and scrunched her face. Are they poisoned? Hugo laughed. No, they're my mom's churros con chocolate. Faye examined the plate carefully. I do love a good churro con chocolate. Pleasantly surprised, she perked up. Looks delicious. Thank you, Hugo. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. The door shut, and Hugo ran back to his bike. "'Well done, Hugo,' Nestor said as he was scooped up and held under Hugo's arm. "'You helped a lot of people tonight. It was a helpful Halloween. Much less trick and a whole lot of treat, wouldn't you say?' "'Yeah, it wasn't half bad,' Hugo admitted. "'Where do you want me to put you? On the porch? In the backyard?' I would appreciate it if you could return me to the farm. Hugo's eyebrows shut up. The farm. You're not the only one who likes to return home at the end of the day. Don't worry. I'll light the way. The firelight inside Nestor glowed brighter, shining through his face and out in front of the bike like a spotlight. Hugo followed it as he rode across town to the Musso farm. When he turned down the dirt drive, he saw someone sitting on the farmhouse porch up ahead. It's late, Farmer Dan said with a smile. Must have been a productive night. One of the most helpful Halloweens I've had in years, Nestor replied. Farmer Dan tipped his straw hat at them. Well done, boys. Hugo couldn't believe it. Farmer Dan knew Nestor? He thought back on his interactions with the farmer earlier that day and saw them in a new light. He rode past the house towards the pumpkin patch. Farmer Dan waved to them. See you next year, Nestor. Till next year, old friend. When Hugo reached the pumpkin patch, he hopped off his bike and followed Nestor's spotlight through the vine-covered field all the way back to the forest by the creek. Right here, Nestor said as they reached the spot. Hugo set the white jack-o'-lantern down and stepped back. "'You did good, Hugo. You caught on real quick. It takes most people at least a few hours of screaming before they get anything done. "'Thanks for your encouragement. I guess I kind of needed it.' "'Yeah, you did. Next year, make sure you're ready to start running when you hear the cowbell.' You know where to find me. With a wink, the pumpkin nestled down into the crunchy leaves. Its stem stretched and grew until it connected to the winding vine nearby. Gradually, the flickering light inside faded, and Nestor's eyes, nose, and mouth went dark and sealed shut. Hugo was left looking down at an ordinary white pumpkin, barely visible under the moonlight, He turned and walked back over the field, grabbed his bike, and started riding home. On his way out, he stopped by the farmhouse where Farmer Dan still sat on the porch. Do you need any help around here? He asked. Farmer Dan smiled. Swing by Thursday. I have a few things I could use your help with. See you then. Hugo pedaled down the dirt drive. He looked back at the forest one last time, and for a brief moment... He thought he saw in the distance the moon shining on a small white pumpkin. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed the Halloween special. I love carving pumpkins. I know Halloween's not for everybody, and some people take it to an extreme. I don't like scary things. I'm a total wimp, so I don't like scary movies or anything, and I know people can get kind of crazy with it, but I think there are some fun traditions with Halloween, and carving pumpkins is one of those. I've been doing that for years. grew up doing it, and uh, we've kept that tradition up. With our kids, so whether you celebrate Halloween or not it 's kind of fun to carve pumpkins and it 's a good chance to bond as a family to do kind of fun designs and uh, maybe have some chili and cornbread i don 't know make a new tradition as a family, find something that you can do this fall around this time of year that you can do every year that you all can look forward to and I want to challenge you, rocketeers, to have a helpful Halloween this year instead of obsessing about candy or how perfect your costume is. Try thinking about others. Pay attention to your neighborhood. Slow down and think, who could use some help? I promise you if you do that, thoughts are going to come into your mind of people that could use some help. Somebody that could use a little extra love. It could be as simple as asking yourself, who can I say something nice to today? Go over and rake somebody's leaves. Help take out their trash. Take over a treat of goodies. I really want some churros con chocolate after doing that story. My wife made some the other day and, oh my word, Rocketeers. It (laughs) was so good. So good. Find something. Find something to do. And if you can do it as a family, bonus points. If you can get your friends involved, heck, do like a neighborhood service project. Go clean up a trail. Make that a tradition. Have a helpful Halloween, Rocketeers. Use your energy to do good. Happy Halloween. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.